No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that after living in Egypt for 430 years, the children of Israel finally make their exodus. It's a beautiful picture of the freedom we enjoy when God delivers us from the bondage of sin. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 12 on Simply the Bible. After 430 years in Egypt, the night of deliverance for the Hebrews had finally come. But it was not without the judgment of God. We pick it up in Exodus 12, 29. And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of livestock. So Pharaoh rose in the night, he, all his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt. For there was not a house where there was not one dead. Everyone in Egypt was impacted by this tenth and final plague. From the palace to the prison, no one was exempt. Now, this seems severe to us, but remember that the death of the firstborn came only after Pharaoh hardened his heart ten times. At any point, if he had let the children of Israel worship the Lord in the wilderness, this never would have happened. It's been said that the wheels of justice turn slowly but grind exceedingly fine. This is especially true with the judgments of God. He is patient, but when he finally brings judgment, it is severe and exhaustive. Verse 31, Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. After the loss of his own firstborn son, Pharaoh was a broken man. Earlier, he said that Moses would never see his face again, but now Pharaoh summoned him. Desperate men recant their former vows. At this point, Pharaoh probably realized that to restrain Israel in any way from worshiping the Lord was toxic to Egypt. It is interesting that Pharaoh asked Moses to bless him also. Even pagans appreciate prayer. And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, We shall all be dead! The Egyptians now feared Yahweh and his servant Moses. Now that their firstborn were dead, the natural conclusion would be that if the Hebrews remained any longer in Egypt, they would die next. Not only was Pharaoh broken, but Egypt was broke. They figured that the sooner Israel left town, the sooner they could begin to recover and rebuild. Verse 34, So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. They made unleavened dough because God told them that they wouldn't have time for it to rise. 
Everything about the Passover spoke of leaving Egypt quickly. This was not only for them at the moment, but also for a memorial. God wanted them always to remember that they left Egypt in haste. For 400 years, the time had passed slowly, but when it was time to leave, they had to move swiftly. This rapid departure also foreshadows a time in the future when the temple in Jerusalem will be rebuilt and the Antichrist will set up his image and demand to be worshipped as God. Then the Jews will have to get out of town quickly. Jesus said in Matthew 24, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. We must never allow ourselves to become so attached to this world that when God says go, we can't drop everything and go. Verse 35. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. As we pointed out earlier, God was really making sure that they collected their back pay for all the years they served as slaves in Egypt. When I think of people plundering others, I think of pirates plundering a ship at sea. But there was nothing unlawful about this. The Hebrews asked for articles of silver and gold and clothing, and the Egyptians were only too happy to oblige. In some way, this probably helped ease their consciences for how they'd mistreated the Hebrews and perhaps was even a form of atonement that they felt they could offer to Yahweh. Then the children of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Succoth, about 600,000 men on foot, besides children. A mixed multitude went up with them also in flocks and herds, a great deal of livestock. A little over a year later, in the book of Numbers, we see that when they took the first census in the wilderness, they had 603,000 fighting men. In addition to this were women, children, the elderly, and the Levites. It has been estimated that 2 to 3 million made the exodus, including the mixed multitude. Who were these people? Some may have been half Israelite and half Egyptian. Perhaps they were unsure which people to identify with. But in the great devastation caused by the plagues, they chose to cast their vote with the Hebrews. Others may have been Egyptians who were either afraid to remain in Egypt or else got caught up in the excitement of the Exodus. But regardless of who the mixed multitude was, they would be the first to murmur and complain and desire to go back to Egypt 
when things got tough. In any movement of God, there is a mixed multitude who joins the church. They're not personally committed to Jesus Christ, but are caught up in the excitement of what's going on. But when trouble comes, they are often the first to leave the church and head back into the world. Verse 39. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened, because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared provisions for themselves. Now they baked the unleavened dough they had carried out of Egypt. Unleavened bread is not very tasty. It's lacks the texture and flavor that yeast gives to bread. But this was the bread of haste and purity. We must not be so ruled by our own appetites that we cannot deny ourselves sensual pleasures when God wants us to do his will. Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Doing the will and work of God is the food that truly satisfies even more than tasty bread. We don't live to eat, we eat to live, for both now and eternity. Verse 40, Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night of solemn observance to the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord, a solemn observance for all the children of Israel throughout their generations. The Lord wanted them to remember this for all time as a night like none other when God delivered them with a mighty hand and outstretched arm from Egypt. Every year when the Jewish family celebrates Passover, It is a testimony to the permanence of this solemn occasion. How miraculous that this continues some 3,500 years later. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat it, but every man's servant who is bought for money, when you have circumcised him, then he may eat it. A sojourner and a hired servant shall not eat it. Only God's covenant people could participate in the Passover. It was not for the outsiders. A servant who desired to proselytize could be circumcised and then he could participate in Passover. But a foreigner, traveler, or hired servant could not eat of it. Likewise, under the new covenant, only those who have been saved by faith in Jesus Christ may participate in the Lord's Supper that is, communion or the Eucharist. Our hearts must be circumcised by turning away from the sins of the flesh and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 11 that whoever eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. Verse 46, In one house it shall be eaten, you shall not carry any of the flesh outside the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. The Passover lamb was not to have any of its bones broken. At Calvary, when the Roman soldiers broke the legs of those who were crucified to hasten their death, when they came to Jesus, he was already dead. So they didn't break his bones. 
because Jesus is our Passover lamb, none of his bones could be broken. Although his body was broken for us, his bones were not. And when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised and then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as a native of the land, for no uncircumcised person shall eat it. One law shall be for the native born and for the stranger who dwells among you. It is beautiful that if a person was circumcised, God made no distinction, whether stranger or native born. This picture is the fact that in Christ there is neither Jew nor Gentile, but we are all one in Christ, and God shows no favoritism. Thus all the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. And it came to pass on that very same day that the Lord brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt according to their armies. Blessings came to the children of Israel because they did as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. The same is true for us. If we would like the blessings of God, then we must trust in him and obey what he says. As the old hymn says, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see how the Lord begins to lead His people through the wilderness with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Exodus on Simply the Bible.